This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. You're listening to Pope Pope Parliament with Sharmila, where we bring you updates from the Dewan Rakyat. It's the last day of this sitting for Parliament. And so just like yesterday, the MPs spent the bulk of the day with debates. However, the PM's question time, which happens every Tuesday, still went ahead. So we're going to focus mainly on the questions that were asked there. Starting with one by Bukit Bintang MP, Fong Koi Lun, who wanted Datuk Sri Anwar Ibrahim to talk about the positive outcomes of his maiden visit to China. Here's the PM talking about the MOUs that were signed during that trip. Alhamdulillah, lawatan ke negara China, pencatat kejayaan baik dan saya ambil kesempatan ini menyucapkan terima kasih kepada Presiden Xi Jinping, Perdana Menteri Li Xiang dan Kerajaan China yang memberikan pengiktirafan kita juga mengambil kesempatan menandatangani lima MOU di antara dua kerajaan disaksikan oleh Perdana Menteri Li Chiang dan saya. Dan ini untuk meningkatkan kerjasama ekonomi perdagangan, import dan ekspor bahan pertanian, penyelidikan makanan aquaculture dan usaha untuk meningkatkan kegunaan kelapa sawit dan import kelapa sawit. Kita tumpukan penilaian program Belt and Road Initiative termasuk Twin Countries, Twin Park yang berpusat di Kuantan dan ECRL. Perkembangan baru ialah penambahan projek Automotive High Tech Valley, Geely dan Proton yang bermula tahun ini penambahannya di Tanjung Malim 1,000 ekor dengan permulaan RM2 bilion dan akan mencecah RM32 bilion. Syarikat petrokimikal terbesar di dunia, Rongsheng, telah bersetuju untuk menambah kegiatan di Malaysia dengan memusatkan proses pengilangan petrokimikal oil and gas di Pengerang dan mereka meletakkan projek itu sehingga RM80 bilion. Keseluruhannya adalah RM170.07 bilion yang merupakan pelaburan terbesar yang pernah dicapai oleh negara. That was Anwar talking about the record 170 billion ringgit in investment deals made with China. Moving on now to the next topic, which was the Tobacco Generational Endgame Bill. Anwar acknowledged delays in getting the Tobacco Products and Smoking Control Bill tabled on time, uh, following pushback from MPs. He did say, however, that he hopes it will be tabled by the next sitting in May. Yang diperkenalkan diperkenalkan tahun ini itu mendapatkan banyak reaksi negatif daripada ahli parlimen. Bukan menolak kita pada prinsipnya kita akan terus membentang undang-undang ini, tapi tidak boleh lakukan kerana pada peringkat awal yang bermat kita setuju diskalikan tentang undang-undang ini dan juga tentang cukai. Tetapi oleh kerana banyak bantahan maka kita telah mencadangkan supaya Menteri Kesihatan runding semula dengan ahli-ahli parlimen secara teliti dan dengan semua badan-badan uh, kesihatan dengan maksud melaksanakan eh, maknanya bukan untuk melengahkan untuk melaksanakan pada tahun ini juga insyaAllah dan um, supaya ada persefahaman dalam beberapa peruntukan terutama tentang um, pelaksanaan yang dianggap terlalu keras tapi saya saya rasa wajar kita bagi ruang kepada 
ahli parlimen uh, membincang sama dalam jantung kuasa pilihan atau lain-lain. Dan uh, raun undang ini saya harap dapat dibentangkan untuk dalam sesi yang akan datang pada bulan Mei. Dan uh, sementara itu, kempen advokasi kesedaran menolak uh, vape dan rokok ini harus ditingkatkan. And just a brief mention that Bandar Kuching MP Dr. Kelvin Yee asked the PM to consider channeling 50% of all sin taxes back to the health ministry instead of just the upcoming taxes on vape. Anwar didn't say much to that, only that this would have to be reviewed. Let us know though, would you like to see 50% of the revenue from sin tax going back to the healthcare sector? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Up next was a timely question about contract doctors. Tuaran MP Datuk Sri Panglima Madius Tangau asked about the total number of contract medical officers in public healthcare and the financial implications involved if all of them are absorbed into permanent positions. So here's the PM again. Pertama saya nak sebut penghargaan dan terima kasih saya kepada doktor-doktor kontrak yang memang hadapi masalah yang sekian lama dan uh, telah tidak meneruskan dengan rancangan beberapa pihak yang mau uh, mogok dan sebagainya kerana kita berikan perhatian. Saya bagi contoh seperti mana saya sebut dalam belanjawan 2023 peruntukan emolumen 19.7 bilion kepada Kementerian Kesihatan iaitu peningkatan 3 bilion ringgit. Ini bukan jumlah kecil ketimbang tahun 2022 daripada 3 bilion ringgit penambahan emolument itu termasuklah ya 1.2 bilion kenaikan gaji tahunan peruntukan tambahan untuk keperluan pegawai kontrak 600 juta dan pelantikan kejawatan tetap yang diserap daripada pegawai kontrak 1.1 bilion jadi untuk 2023 tambahan kerana doktor kontrak dan juga Penyerapan menjadi pegawai uh, tetap itu 1.7 bilion ringgit. Sebab itu saya merayu sementara uh, tuntutan itu menesabah bahawa mereka berkhidmat sekian lama tapi perkara ini tertangguh sekian lama. Jadi untuk tahun ini kita selesaikan semua, kita tak mampu. Jadi apa yang dilakukan oleh kerajaan adalah untuk menambah 1.7 bilion ringgit daripada penambahan 3 bilion ringgit emolumen untuk 2023. Jadi kita jangkakan kalau ini dapat dilakukan dalam tempoh 3 tahun maknanya kita dapat menyerap 12,800 orang doktor kontrak yang ada sekarang dalam tempoh 3 tahun kerana tahun ini kita menyerap 4,300 sekaligus tahun ini sahaja 4,300 orang kerana jumlah keseluruhannya ialah 20,333 latihan kontrak 12,800 housemanship Jadi kita tak masuk dalam kategori ini Jadi sebab itu saya, saya harap dapat dimengerti Tidak ada sama sekali niat kita untuk uh, meremehkan Kerana doktor-doktor kontrak ini berkhidmat dengan baik Berkorban masa, waktu, tenaga Dan memang negara memerlukan 
You just heard there Anwar thanking contract doctors for continuing to work despite having issues with their current employment status, uh, employment terms, and that 12,800 out of over 20,000 contract doctors would be absorbed within the next three years. Now, following that, Datuk Sri Shahidan Kasim brought up the issue of allocations for MPs. He asked the PM to explain why MPs in the unity government were allocated 800,000 ringgit, but nothing was given to M- uh, opposition MPs. Here's that exchange. Ali Parliament PH Bali hari ini gembira sebab dapat peruntukan 800,000. Kami tak dapat apa yang Muhammad. Yang, yang Muhammad. Jadi saya minta yang Mak Muhammad Prime Minister turun bagi penjelasan. Kalau tak boleh bagi banyak, lo bagilah sikit sebab kami nak beli buah kurma untuk rakyat miskin. Ini hanya layanan khusus kepada Arau. Yang betul, saya telah sebut di sini kelulusan telah diputuskan. Cuma TPM Terajaya mengetuai pasukan dan minta supaya pihak pembangkang mengadakan rundingan tentang parameters yang diluluskan. Apa yang masalah dia? Dan kalau mereka tidak bersedia, benda tetap tangguh. Saya dah bagi tahu. Ya. Kalau nak uang, bincang dan luluskan dah. Kalau tak nak, tak apalah, tunggu dulu. Okey. Ibu Mat, uh, speaker, soalan tambahan. Semangat raya lah. Terima kasih. That was Prime Minister Datuk Sri Anwar Ibrahim saying that he agreed in principle with giving equal allocations to MPs but asked that opposition MPs meet with Deputy Prime Minister Datuk Sri Dr. Ahmad Zahid Hamidi to negotiate the parameters of the allocation. Moving on, amendments to three bills that will decriminalise suicide were tabled today. Minister for Law and Institutional Reform in the PM's department, Datuk Sri Azalina Uthman, also announced a moratorium on the enforcement of Section 309 of the Penal Code for attempted suicide will be proposed until full decriminalisation takes place. To wrap, we have a reminder from Domestic Trade and Cost of Living Minister Datuk Sri Salahuddin Ayub to all Ramadan Bazaar traders to maintain the price and quality of their food items. Kita juga akhirnya memberikan nasihat kepada semua peniaga-peniaga bazar Ramadan ini supaya pertama sekali mematuhi semua peraturan, tanda harga mesti jelas yang lainnya adalah supaya mereka juga dapat menjaga kualiti makanan mereka. Jadi kalau makanan itu berkualiti, berkhasiat dan uh, lazat, ini sudah barang pasti dapat untuk memetikatkan lagi jualan mereka pada masa akan datang. Karena saya rasa KPDN concern perkara ini sebab mereka ini bukan hanya hadir atau berniaga pada bulan Ramadan saja. Mereka juga terlibat selepasnya pasar-pasar malam, pasar-pasar minggu dan seumpamanya. Kalau menu kita atau penjualan kita itu sedap, lazat dan berkualiti, sudah barang pasti ia menjadi satu tarikan dan kita sentiasa peka terhadap perkara itu. That was Domestic Trade and Cost of Living Minister Datuk Sri Salahuddin Ayub. He also reported that after about 10 days, 70% of the, tr- of the traders that they spoke to across the country reported an increase in sales this year. So, we want to know, have you been frequenting the Ramadan bazaars? Uh, and uh, where have you been going? What are you buying? Are you seeing a difference in quality and price? You can call 77332900, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM. 
Pokpip Radio. And that's it for today's wrap-up of Day One Rakyat. We'll be back with more Pope Pope Parliament in May. For now, a recap of what we covered today. The deals that came from Anwar's visit to China, uh, plans to table the GEG bill in May, and whether 50% of all our syntax should go to uh, go back to the healthcare sector. The, we also spoke about the government's projection that 12.8 thousand contract doctors will be absorbed within three years, um, as well as the tabling of bills to decriminalize suicide. And finally, we want to know what have you been buying at Bazaar Ramadan's? Um, what have you noticed in terms of quality and price? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Beats, funk, mixtapes. BFM eighty nine point nine, the business station. It is 5.25. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila. And on Pope Pope Parliament, um, the last one, up till May anyway, um, we were talking about a number of different things. Um, one uh, proposal that was meant, uh, that came up was from Banda Kuching MP, Dr. Kelvin Yi, who asked the Prime Minister to consider channeling 50% of all syntax back into the healthcare system. Um, and so we've been asking you what you make of that. Uh, would you like to see 50% of the revenue from syntax going back into healthcare. Uh, send your thoughts through. You can call 77332900, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. Uh, let's see, we have Lukman saying... Yes, large chunk of the syntax should go to healthcare so we can make permanent those contract doctors. Also, sin activities make people sick. Um, you know, Lukman, I think that's generally the um, that's generally the link that's made that um, syntax activities. Um, are meant to be from activities that are viewed as um, potentially potentially damaging to health, um, and therefore it makes sense to channel that money back into healthcare. Uh, however, I think the highlighting of the contract doctor issue is um, just one example of where that money would be helpful. Roberto, meanwhile, says, regarding syntaxes, I would have thought that the income from uh, syntax that damages the population's health would be channeled directly to the Ministry of Health. I think if those resources are caused by the people who seek, uh, seek treatment later on, it should be right to channel those resources to healthcare. Um, yeah, I think that that is really the thinking behind the proposal um, to begin with. Uh, do keep your thoughts coming. Is this something you would agree with? Would you like to see 50% of the revenue from syntaxes going back to healthcare? You can call 77332900, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. We'll be back after this, so keep it here, BFM 89.9. Become fabulous millionaires. BFM 89.9. It is 5.38. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila. And uh, we were looking at the events of the Day One Rakyat earlier, um, the last day of this sitting anyway. Uh, it will continue again in May. A number of different things came up. Among them, a proposal that uh, 50% of our syntax be channeled towards healthcare. Uh, there was also... Um, a call from the Domestic Trade and Cost of Living Minister, Dato Sri Salahuddin Ayub, uh, reminding Ramadan.
Ramadan Bazaar traders to maintain the price and quality of their food items. So we'd like to hear from you on this. Um, let us know. Uh, well, one, have you been going to Ramadan Bazaars? How um, is the price? How is the quality of the food? Do share your experiences with us. Um, also weigh in on whether the syntax should be channeled towards our healthcare system. You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. We do have a number of thoughts. Um, on the syntax that have come in. So I'll just cover those first. Alex essentially just says, yes, please. Um, meanwhile, MZ says, 40% of it should go to healthcare, 40% to education, 20% to environment. You need to educate kids and you also need more of a budget to clean up all the cigarette butts lying around. Um yeah, I think that's an interesting way to look at um, where the uh, syntax could come in useful. Julian, meanwhile, says it's a good idea, but potentially leading to diminishing returns. If the aim is to reduce or eliminate smoking uh, and the same as for alcohol, as well as other taxable sins, the amount of the revenue from these taxes will decline. Um, I think that's a good point, Julian, but I also think that in the end, this might also be as much as a useful move, perhaps also a symbolic one, a way to link um, the the idea of a syntax to the real healthcare repercussions that uh, they are meant to curb. So, um, but but fair point, and perhaps it's a good thing if our syntax, uh, if our revenue from the syntax ends up reducing. Um, we do have a voice note that's come in on the subject of Ramadan bazaars and food quality. This is from Jess. Hi, BFM. So regarding bazaar Ramadans, I actually went to one bazaar yesterday. Its location is in Samanye, nearby to my place. So I was really disappointed at the quality because... Uh, one plastic of chendol cost me seven ringgit, but there was just about a teaspoon of chendol in it. The rest was just ice and water. And then there was this one famous dish which I love since childhood, which is the Pau Malaysia. There, where they will put, you know, that sambal ikan bilis in the pau. And guess what? There was no such thing as ikan bilis in that pau. And that one pau was two ringgit. So I really feel at this point of the month, you know, with all those price increase and the low quality, it's really disappointing. Jess, thank you for sharing. Um, and, and actually, I think this is exactly what the minister was referring to, that um, the rising price of goods has... Um, potentially um, changed the quality of uh, a number of items. Um, let us know if this is an experience that you've also had. Have you been going to the Bazaar Ramadans? Um, are you seeing a difference in either price or quality? Send your thoughts through. You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp 18 Tweet us at BFM Radio. Earlier on in Pope Pope Parliament, we also heard about we also heard a call um, for Ramadan Bazaar traders to maintain the quality and the price of the food that they're selling. Um, so we've been asking you: um, Have you been to a bazaar? Is the uh, quality is the price? Um, any different from what you're used to. We have a number of them coming through. Um, so we have 
Madhav saying, um, I do long for the days when prices in the bazaar were lower than usual. Now it seems to have no difference. Um, so that's interesting, Madhav, because I think at least personally for me, I don't think I go to Ramadan bazaars expecting or, or anticipating that the prices would be lower than what I might get elsewhere. For me, the primary driver is to be able to get food that you sometimes don't easily get in other places and they're all in one place. Um, and and I think, so for me, that's not so much a concern. Um, but I do think that for a lot of people who are used to paying a certain amount for certain sorts of items, the increase in prices this year, particularly because of the increase of raw, raw goods, um, is something that is being pointed out. Uh, Wendy, meanwhile, is saying, went to the Klanajaya Bazaar. So far, not disappointed. Cost has increased a bit, but the food is delicious. Big piece of chicken, sambal and bamboo rice, eight ringgit. Nasi lemak daging rendang with egg. So flavorful, big, eight ringgit. Those are good deals, Wendy. Thank you for sharing. And um, good to know that you think that even though the price is higher, seems like it's, it's worth it. Um, LK, meanwhile, saying... With inflation affecting everyone, why do the consumers at bazaars expect the same quality for the same low price? We need to get out of this mentality if we're going to uplift the traders. The problem is that consumers see businesses as social services when they're simply not. Um, I think that is such an interesting point. Um, it is a push and pull though, isn't it? I agree that expecting food to cost the same when the cost of um, raw ingredients has increased, uh, the cost of a lot of other things has, have increased, um, is perhaps a little unfair. However, I think there are ways that this can be done that consumers perhaps won't feel the pinch so much. So to go back to Wendy's point, price has increased a little bit, but the food is delicious. Others point out how often it's not so much the increase in price that bothers them, but the reduction in portion size, for instance, or reduction in quality. Um, so I do think that some amount of um, some amount of being fair to the traders is important. But on the other hand, it is a reciprocal relationship. So I can see how if you expect quality, you would be quite disappointed to go back and realise that you're simply not getting it anymore. Uh, Syed, meanwhile, says, I believe the higher cost of living now contributes to the quality and quantity of items sold everywhere. And especially in this case, the quality and quantity of the food sold at Bazaar Ramadan. This happened to me yesterday. I bought a samosa. It looked fat with chicken and beef. But when I book a puasa at home, kulit saja yang tebal. Very much disappointed. This reminds me of Jas's experience earlier about the, I believe the ikan bilis pau, which had no ikan bilis in it. So, Syed, you're not alone, if that helps. Um, and I think actually it's this sort of stuff that tends to disappoint customers. Um, send your thoughts through as well. You can call us, you can send us a voice note, you can WhatsApp us, you can tweet us, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.